and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about season five, episode 23. 23! Yeah, I don't really understand why, but this episode and the next episode don't seem to have titles. Yeah, we can't seem to find any answer anywhere or anywhere. It, listeners, if you know why these episodes don't have titles, please contact the Missing Titles Bureau. A um, division of whatever that organization is that puts milk carton faces on things. You mean the Milk Carton Baby Association? Yeah, is that what they're called? No, I don't oh. know. Okay, so let's, uh, let's despite the lack of title, let's do the episode description. I think that sounds great. Okay, when Karen's ex-husband dies, she and her British rival, Minnie Driver, have a contest of wills. Leo, Harry Connick Jr., is needed in Guatemala. So that kind of gives away the game. Yeah, it's uh, not a spoiler-free episode description by any means. Uh, but it does come pretty early on in the episode. But it it's a spoiler and it's not a spoiler because it happens really early and it's very surprising. But most uh, of the episode takes place at the funeral. Yes. Well, and the other thing that's kind of odd is that this episode at first feels like it's about to be a follow-up to the previous episode. Right. Which is probably part of the reason it doesn't have a title. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's possible that this was originally titled like Made Divorce Be With You Part 2. Yeah, or, or something. Or whatever. Um, but for those listeners who've forgotten, at the end of the last episode, we have Will and Karen going into close quarters to, like, bang out their, like, divorce agreement with mm-hmm. Karen and Stan. Um, and this episode picks up, like, at the end of that day, basically. Yes. Um, so it is a continuation, but because of Stan being revealed to have died so early in the episode, it feels like a sharp break, too. Right. So it's sort of like the episode from last week carried on for an extra couple of minutes. Right. And then it's it's Karen and Will, and they're arguing because they had a bad day in divorce court. And, and Macaulay Hulkin isn't there anymore. Because, of course, he isn't. Right. And then... Rosario bursts in and is like, oh no, Mr. Stan is dead. And Stan is dead. So I think before we go on and talk about the episode as a whole, it's worth noting that Stan obviously isn't dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give away reasons, but as everybody knows in the revival, he's not dead. Um, that's... That's suspicious. That is something that is addressed before we got to Revival Town. Okay. I just, I, I know that the revival has undone many things, but it, it seemed as though the things that were undone were all things that happened in the finale, mm-hmm. and nothing that happened before then was un-undone. From my understanding, correct. Okay. But so, the stand thing will be addressed at some point. It's good to know. It's just kind of weird. It's another one of those weird little revival things where it's like, in addition to season five of Will and Grace and season ten of Will and Grace having the same exact plot on a Karen perspective... They now have weirdly, now we know that it happens with a character who's been brought back to life in some way from being dead. Sure. Or something. I can't tell you that's a spoiler. Tune in in a couple of months when we have Will and Grace's voodoo episode. I assume it's just like Buffy when Tara turns into a lesbian. I never saw that. Or not Tara, Willow. I mean, I, I think know, Tara's the other lesbian. I know Willow was a lesbian, but mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know how that happened or why, because I never watched Buffy. That's a bummer. Anyways, so um, basically, now that we know that Stan is dead, we spend most of the rest of the episode at his funeral. And I think that's a good choice, because Stan is already an unseen character, so a funeral is like the ultimate like unseen character moment. It's also very funny, because as an unseen character, his casket is not present at the funeral. Right, because it's presumably so large. Because mm-hmm. he is a, a big man. And the priest is already jumping in on the fat jokes. Yep. So, um, basically, we we see 
from the very beginning, some animosity between Lorraine, which was Stan's mistress, mm-hmm. and Karen. And it's it's very funny. They mm-hmm. kind of mutually slut shame each other. <laughs> and um, basically, so Lorraine walks in in a very short like dress, and Karen walks in in a very low cut dress. And so Karen goes, oh, if the dress was any shorter, you could see your English muffin. <laughs> and then Lorraine says, well, if your dress was any more low cut, we could see your Yankee doodles. I'm pleased, I'm pleased to have Lorraine back because I think Minnie Driver's take on this character is so subtle and yet so brash at the same time. Yes. Like she's really, like she's Karen taken up several notches you know yeah she's she's, karen without her friends right she's kind of karen playing the long game like i imagine Mm -hmm. that this is sort of what karen was like when she and stan first met right because as we know and as as we're reminded throughout the episode karen is stan's second wife yes you know like she was the she was the mistress at one point yes indeed she was um but it doesn't belabor that point too much. I mean, really, we just get the chance for more Minnie Driver, uh-huh. which I really love because mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of her appearance earlier in the season. Yes. Um, I just, I find her character on this show absolutely delightful, completely horrible. And she always brings out the worst in Jack. Yes. Which is also great because yes. in this episode, Jack is oscillating between Karen and Lorraine as he tries to determine which of them is going to win Stan's money. Right. And so that's basically what we, the jumping off point of this episode is, Mm -hmm. is Lorraine taunts Karen to tell her that Stan is clearly giving Karen nothing. Right. And so then we, we need to look at the will. Mm -hmm. The will has to be read. Yeah. And so, but before we can get to that, we first must go through everyone deciding to you Googleize Stan Walker. I thought this was very non-typical of Will and Grace because we don't usually get these big set pieces where the characters are allowed to kind of just riff on yeah. their personalities and how they would interact with another character. It sort of reads a little bit like, did any of you guys ever watch the extended Patton Oswalt rants about the Star Wars sequels on Parks and Rec? Yeah, I could see it kind of seeming like and that. It sort of, it kind of has that same kind of energy where it's just so committed to a character and just so much riffing and it's very, very bizarre and right. funny and well and stylistically it kind of lines up with the office or parson rec style mockumentaries because it has characters where the camera cuts them together in a way that they don't intend to be cut together right it almost feels like a talking head yes and it's um, great and some of them are longer than others some of them are like more interplayed yes um it's really funny though i mean like it everyone is. gets a little bit of a thing i mean at one point, Will tells an incredibly bad knock-knock joke. Oh, God. It's so bad. And, like, even Will, like, is, like, recognizing at the end, he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. His face I'm at is, a funeral. He's sort of just like, ugh. Ugh. I hear it now. For uh, those of you who are going, wait, but what was the knock-knock joke? Here, allow us to recreate it. All right. Knock-knock. Who's there? Will. Will who? Will miss you, Stan. Wow! <laughs> yep. then And then the camera immediately pans to like Debbie Downer's face. <laughs> Did you just... know the leading cause of feline death is feline AIDS? Excuse me. <laughs> no, that's a different bit. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we also have a beautiful moment in which um, 
as they're splicing the things together, everyone's descriptions of Stan just become clearly more about his size. Yes. And while I, as as a, as a fat person, it's a little annoying to keep getting these fat jokes, it is sort of funny. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, they just keep getting worse. And so right. we have Will saying Stan was a great man. And then, you know, Grace saying Stan was a big man. Mm-hmm. And then... Jack going, Stan was a fat man. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of lays it down. I want to hear more of Jack's eulogy. Me too. For Stan. His, the bits we get of, of Jack's eulogy are wonderful. include Because they include things like a surprisingly good dancer. Right. Like, I want to know about Stan dancing. Mm-hmm. Dance and Stan. Good old dance and Stan. Um, but then the culmination of Jack's eulogy is when he tells everyone that Stan was an Etch-A-Sketch artist. Right. <laughs> and he shows a beautiful Etch-A-Sketch drawing that Stan did for Jack, and then in his grief and rage, shakes the etch a sketch of the sky, and then goes, where'd it go? And it's amazing. It's beautiful. Jack is in rare form in this episode. Really, Everyone is, really. He really is. I would um, say the only, like, non-bright spot is, as usual, Grace and Leo. Right. So we have a brief interlude from the plot of the episode this week to talk mm-hmm. about why Leo is still on this show. Right. Well, I even, like, wrote in my notes that, like, it seemed like it was going to be a better episode for him. Because a couple weeks ago, we had the episode where Leo was just the butt of the joke the whole time. And he kept, like, getting bounced back and forth from apartment to apartment. Uh-huh. And it kind of seems like that's going to happen again this time. Because his major two interactions at the beginning are, he comes in in the um, pre-credits tag. And, like, comes in with a six-pack of beer after they found out Stan's dead. is like, wow, it's great to be alive. Right. And it's like, what I say? And, like, that's funny, because he's an idiot. Right. And then we have a moment of silence Mm -hmm. during the funeral when his phone goes off. Right. So, like, these two are both moments where, like, Leo is an idiot, and everyone in the show is like, oh, my God, Grace, why are you still married to this guy? But then, because it's Leo, and clearly he just needs to just, just be there and ruin stuff, he comes back to announce that the phone call he took... You know, during the funeral. Right, of course. Very classy move. To be fair, almost immediately after he takes the phone call, Karen takes the podium and tells everyone to get out unless they're in the will. That's fair. That's true. But she's the wife. That's fair. So she can do that. Leo's probably the doctor. Doubt it. Yeah, that's fair. Stan can afford better. Right. And so Leo comes back to inform Grace that that was Doctors Without Borders again, which I really feel like they don't just call you. I feel personally victimized by Doctors Without Borders as a result of this plot line on Will and Grace. Like, I don't know that much about Doctors Without Borders, but I feel like you don't just get a call and they're like, hey, we're setting up a clinic in Guatemala. Want to go run it? Maybe there's like an ongoing like secret bet with Doctors Without Borders, like... Everyone hates Leo, and they're like, okay, how many countries do you think we can get him to go to at the drop of a hat? God, if it took, like, 28 hours to get to Zaire, I mean, how long is it going to take to get to Guatemala? That's it, too, is they've got him on planes that are going around the world multiple <laughs> times. You know, all this plot is starting to come together. I'm, I'm seeing it now. It's an international conspiracy to fuck with him. Right, like, they're gonna, we're going to go to, like, a doctor's conference, and, like, they're going to take Grace aside and be like, honey, you got to get out. You got to go. You got to go. This makes perfect sense. Totally redeemed. I'm excited to see this plotline unfold in season six of Will and Grace. Right. But until we get there, Leo is being called to, again, do Doctors Up Borders, which I'm sure his regular hospital job just chef's kiss. I mean, again, they must probably hate him. Yeah. But, like, they love having him somewhere else. Right. And so then he comes up with this brilliant solution so he doesn't have to leave Grace again, which is, Grace, 
Why don't you leave your very centrally located New York design business and come to Guatemala with me because my dick controls everything. Like, in a very similar situation on This Is Us in the last couple of weeks, at least it made sense when Randall invited his unemployed wife to come work on his political campaign doing a job that's like six degrees of separation from what she was doing before, mm-hmm. but, like, she can still have a job. Like, right. Leo is asking Grace, hey, Grace, would you shut down your design business, move out of New York, and move to a third world country with me where you won't have any job other than having sex with me? Uh-huh. And Grace is apparently fine with this, he even lo- though she doesn't know where Guatemala is on a map. She doesn't. She says on multiple occasions that it's in Africa and that also it's in Spain. I think she thinks Spain is in Africa because there's no point at which she thinks that... Guatemala isn't in Africa, but at the end she's like, I'm going to Spain. Wonder how long it takes to get to Spain. Well, if you have to go all the way to Africa first. Oh my god, it's probably like 50 <laughs> hours. The plane's gotta stop for gas. <laughs> yeah, and it's, especially because if it's being set up in an area with doctors without borders, it's clearly not an area that's well developed or uh-huh. populated. If they need to bus in doctors, right. they probably don't have people interested in you know, interior decorating. Right. And I, I I, think it's very obvious that the show is not going to let her do that. Or if she does do it, it's going to be over the off season and then she's going to come back and much drama will happen. But it just... Sorry. It feels weird because there are no stakes because we know this isn't going to be a long-term thing. Like, it feels ridiculous to us. So we're just kind of like, well, I guess we have to, have to wait... One to five more episodes for the other shoe to drop here. You know what I mean? Right. It's also frustrating for me as someone watching in the audience who graces one of the protagonists of this show. And it is never even considered that maybe Leo wouldn't go because Grace's life is Mm -hmm. in New York. Yeah, I think this is another area where the revival has really helped the character of Grace. Mm -hmm. Because Grace Adler, you know, 12 years after this episode or 14 years, whatever it is has really started to come into her own in a lot of ways. And would never settle for that bullshit. And would never settle for that bullshit. Like, she, it's not to say she hasn't backslid a little bit here and there mm-hmm. within the season and a half we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the revival, they've made a clear statement that Grace has standards and you have to live up to those standards. Mm-hmm. In the original series, Grace has never had any standards and no. shows no signs of gaining them anytime soon. No. Yeah, so it's so that's kind of the the Grace and Leo subplot here is that they're apparently going together to Guatemala and And that's where it's left. So I guess everybody thinks that's fine. Well we do have one episode left this yeah. season, so we'll see how that blows up. I guess then the last thing we have to talk about is the will itself. Yes, so this will is very drawn out and will somehow even though he's not Stan's estate lawyer, becomes the person to He becomes it. the executor somehow, yes. Somehow. Um, and so the first, like, 30 pages are basically Stan cataloging the food items he owns. I mean, that's very biblical of him, but not very appropriate from the standpoint of trying to enumerate your assets. Uh, his, his children, who weren't at the funeral, right? Um, mostly inherited smoked meats, mm-hmm. it, it appears, like hams and salamis. The daughter gets his best worst, though. Oh, that's right. She gets his best worst. Yes. Um, also the Chinese delivery man who he apparently ordered from 10 times a day got mustard and was pretty pissed about that. I mean, it was a lot of mustard. Like that guy's not thinking 
You think of all the money he's going to save on mustard shipments. I mean, how long does mustard last? I don't know. I guess the guy needs to be doing better business if he's also, not moving through mustard. Also, how much mustard could you really use in Chinese food? They can use spicy mustards in the Chinese food sauces. That's what the yellow stuff is. Is that what that is? I think so. I don't know. Not important. Here's the thing. So we finally get to the big reveal of who gets the money. Right. But first, we have a brief stopover in Rosario gets $10 million. Right. For her 20 years of service to Karen. If she completes another 20 years of service to Karen. (laughs) Which then Karen says, see you in 2016, bitch. Which isn't math because this episode is taking place in 2004. Right. So... Not good at math on this show. Again, 28 hours is air. 20 years from 2014. 20 years from 2004 is 2016. This math is so bad. Are we sure J.K. Rowling didn't write this episode? You know what? Maybe we should call her. <laughs> hey, Joe. Real quick. Did you do the math for this Will and Grace episode? I mean, this episode was written by like five people. Oh, my God. So, I mean, we, I understand. Writer's room. But like. We were sitting down to watch it and Matthew goes, oh, fuck. This episode was written by committee. Like, I just mean like when you have to put up five writers on the. Like. Obviously, every episode of Will and Grace has at least five writers right. working on the episode but every if time. But no two writers will take credit. Right. If you have to spread that credit amongst five people, something has happened. Yes. And so here is the thing that has happened. Karen gets the money. Right. Which is kind of anticlimactic, actually. A little bit. Um, but then it's kind of like the, the salt on top of Lorraine's wound. The nice kicker at the end, then, is like, so Karen gets everything. And then Lorraine is like, well, what do I get? Mm-hmm. And then Will continues reading the rest of the will, and he's like, Lorraine, you asked for nothing but my affection, and now I give you nothing but affection. Ta-ta! No, yeah. just one ta. Just ta. Just ta. And it's beautiful. Because uh, Karen. Karen has the ta-tas. Yes, and Karen said, perhaps if you had ta-tas, you would have gotten mm-hmm. more from Stan. <laughs> yes. Who was apparently so beautiful? Always a boob man. You know, I wouldn't put it past Will and Grace though for affection to be the name of like a luxury yacht or something, so that Lorraine goes home with a consolation prize. It kind of just the way it's phrased makes it sound like it's some sort of monetary good. Is it a monetary good? I can't answer that question. It's a monetary good. I'm excited to meet Lorraine's new monetary good affection. I hope it's not a racehorse or a sex worker. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Yeah, but so that's that's kind of the end of the episode. Karen gets the money. Um, and it was really, it seemed like the stakes were high because we found out that uh, that Stan had changed his will recently. Right. But so then it's also additionally interesting to know that he had updated the will to make sure Karen got everything. Admittedly, we don't know that. We don't know what the update was. It could be that he just updated it to include the line about the best words. Um, possible. You know, maybe before now. Maybe, maybe the mustard wasn't going to the Chinese food right. delivery guy. His daughter was getting the worst worst. And he's like, you know what? That's too mean. The best worst. The best worst. I do hope that these children have trust funds, though. Otherwise, that's a big fuck you to them. Yeah, well, I mean. Because I just mean, how long is the salami really going to be good for? Maybe they can get into the salami business? Really? The salami business? Well, it's either get into the salami business or get into the salami business and end up on an episode of Law & Order SVU. Wink, wonk. Dun, 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 da, 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 da. This episode just kind of felt like an in-between episode for me. You know? Yeah. Like, it carries over from the previous episode, and it kind of ends on an anti-climax, which is presumably leading into the finale. Yes. Like, it's, it would have made sense if it was presented as a, a 
May Divorce Be With You Part 2. Right. But, like, clearly it's meant to be its own episode, because it's not really about that theme. Right. And, like, the episode completely pivots on a dime. Presumably the next episode will pivot on the dime. Like, I don't... I don't There's a lot of dimes happening. There's a lot of dimes here. And Karen has all of them. Karen has all the dimes. So proud of her. God bless. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Okay. So... Just so you folks are aware, next week will be our final episode of this season. It's the season finale of Will and Grace. Well, and then after this episode, we're going to do a bonus episode talking yes. about the uh, revival and, the season, and as this a whole. season as a whole and kind of moving forward with stuff. But next week will be our last, like, proper we recap yes. a Will and Grace episode for the season. Yeah, so we've got two more episodes of Not a Couple for you in 2018. Yep. Then we'll be taking our customary post-season hiatus for a little while. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll jump back in 2019. All right. Well, do you want to tell the folks where they can contact us during the hiatus and before and after? That would be great. Uh, you can always send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter. That's where we hang out most of the time. We are at Not A Couple Show. Or you can always find us on Facebook, on Tumblr, or listen to the podcast on iTunes or Podbean. Yay! And yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you these last couple times in 2018, and then we will bid this year adieu. To you and you and you. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hello, Eliza. We're almost at the end of the season. Now. This week's episode was brought to you by Olivia Walker's Best Worsts. They're not the worst worsts. They're the best worsts. 